Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Kenny Pickett <laughs> is very bizarre. Yeah, he really Hard is. Hard to figure out, this kid. Mm-hmm. And I can call him. You know what's great about now being like 29? No, I don't old? like that, Tom. I, I actually I don't like no, that. I call him a kid. I don't like He's that. He's like four years younger than me. I, I don't like that. Uh, I still look at these players, by the way, as like twenty-one year olds, twenty years older than I am. Yes, sir. Like I'm like, yes, sir. I work. I will work for you any day Uh of the week. Like they, they look so much older than me. Well, Uh, they're also like a foot taller, a hundred pounds heavier than both of us, uh, and it's all muscle. I saw Dave Damashek on Twitter. He retweeted this. He said this even earlier than last week. Kenny Pickett's like the anti Clayton Kershaw. Like Mm. when things aren't at their weightiest, when it's early in games. He's not good. No. Kershaw's amazing in the regular season. Right. When things get tight, when it's the fourth quarter. Whoa, is that our first tight of the season? And it's the fourth quarter, and you need to pick up that first down, and you need to score a touchdown. He gets it. He's great. And he was perfect in the fourth quarter. Oh, my God. How about that? What was it? Nine completions to finish that game? 11 for 12 in the second half Mm -hmm. on Sunday. He missed one pass in the entire second half. Kershaw folds like a baby in the playoffs when things get tight for him. So, I think I can think of another B letter word that you can oh. use to describe Kershaw when it comes to the playoffs. But it's he's like Damashek said, he's it's it's bizarre to be like that because you see the players like Kershaw all the time. You see the players that are dominant in the regular season, dominant when it's just, you know, just a random game. But when it's the the game that matters, they choke. Like, mm-hmm. that is normal. Not normal, but you know what I mean. Like, No, I got you. You've got players that are postseason choke artists. They have that narrative about their name. It's very rare to see a player struggle so mightily for three quarters and then just turn it on, seemingly, in the fourth quarter and become Joe Montana and become Dan Marino out of after looking like Ryan Leaf. It's... It's something that I, I can't really pinpoint as to why it's happening. We're going to try our best to pinpoint as to why it's <laughs> happening right now. Um, I I don't subscribe, especially in this game, to the, well, Kenny just starts calling his own plays in the fourth quarter, and that's why you know things always work out for him. Maybe he does that to an extent in like a two-minute drill, but they – didn't do they didn't have to go into the two minute drill in the fourth quarter right. on, on Sunday. They just played came pretty they, close to though, but but not not having Kenny do the it. first play of the fourth quarter was the third down conversion to Deontay Johnson mm. that he took like thirty yards right. in the Rams territory. Like from that point on, it looked like a, it was it looked like a real offense. Mm. It looked like a real twenty twenty three. NFL offense. Moving the ball down the field through the air. Lots effective of, runs on the ground. Yes. Rushing touchdowns. A ton of rhythm in the play calling. Yeah. The Rams were on their heels, and that goes uh, that gives a lot of credit to Matt Canada because he had a great game plan in that fourth quarter. 
lots of balance, like you said, using the run and the pass off of each other. It looked like for you know a change, he was using plays to set up other plays. Uh, it was a master class, really, in that fourth quarter. So the thing that I would work on this week is, you know, what was that offense that you were kind of going to in that fourth quarter? Can we try to script that out for the first quarter? Can we try to implement that kind of mindset offensively through the rest of the game and not just in that fourth quarter? It's like you finally found out what works for you. Now duplicate it moving forward. And hopefully that fourth quarter is examined with a fine-tooth comb by the Steelers and they put um, more performances like that together early in games, not just you know when your hair is on fire and you have to pull the late fourth quarter comeback. There's no question in my mind that Canada had his hands on the play calling in the fourth quarter, but maybe the plays you were calling were better for the quarterback that you have. The quarterback's more comfortable with those plays. Um, I know there's a lot of school of thoughts, too, on Kenny is, you know, the beginning of the game when things are scripted, you know, is he being too rigid? Is he being told, okay, this is three-strap drop and throw here, and then this is who you throw to on this play? Is not letting him think enough? Is it making him think too much that he has to be perfect when you know you got those 15 plays that you you love to start a game with? I, I don't know, but the evidence is now overwhelming that something clicks when that quarter changes from three to four. And when the Steelers are in that back against the wall, if you don't do anything on this drive, this game is going to slip away from you. He gets it done on those drives again and again and again. And I was doing Ask the Answer with Labs this morning, and he pointed out like two of these fourth quarter comebacks from Kenny are against the Ravens already. Mm -hmm. The Ravens. So... Not he, just any team. This is a team that requires a lot to beat. Like, the, the only guy in NFL history recently that I, I think of about this weird, terrible play through three quarters but then has the ability to rally and win a game late was Tebow. <laughs> and Kenny can throw a football much better than Tim Tebow can. But Tebow would just kind of, like, go through the motions for three quarters. The Broncos would be down, like, 10 to 6 or something like that. And then he'd have like a 78-yard drive in the fourth quarter. And the Broncos would win. Or against the Steelers in the overtime game, he hits that one pass to Demarius Thomas, and the Broncos would win. It's, he just has this knack, Kenny does, for not shrinking in the big moments, but puffing his chest out a little bit more. And we've said all along, Jacob, that usually comes a little bit later for young quarterbacks, that mm -hmm. ability to not shrink in the big moments to – treat a fourth quarter like it's the first quarter. But Kenny's done that since day one. His problem is starting fast. and Right. I mean, there's no start. There's no start at the beginning of this game. I still think if you had to choose, well, if you had to choose, you'd have your quarterback start fast and finish strong. Mm -hmm. But I think I like my young quarterback having the ability to finish strong now as opposed to struggling with the start starting fast. I'm more confident in the fast starts will come down the road as opposed to if Kenny looked good in the first quarter and then when things got heavy in the third and the fourth quarter, he was throwing interceptions or the game just looked like it was too big for him. So silver lining there, if you're only going to be good at one half of football, I think he's good at the right half of football. Yeah. Um, and it gives me confidence seeing that he's able to do that in the fourth quarter 
that eventually it's got to start to trickle into the third, the second, and at the start of the game too. Yeah, I mean, the slow starts, it's it's really incomprehensible because you have the talent, and there's no reason if you can do it at the end of the game that you can't just start hot as well. So it's really, it really, it's almost like it's a, a twisted form of complementary football, right? Because if he had the hot starts, then he wouldn't need to be so good down the stretch and in the fourth quarter. But because he's off to these extremely slow starts, uh, like a hundred yards to the first half. If not, like I think they they finished with ninety two yards going into halftime. If you don't have that, then you don't have the incredible comeback effort in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, you don't have what was it eleven of twelve passing overall in the second half. Nine straight completions. Uh, great passes to both George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, leading that balance offense, using the rushing attack to your advantage. It's just kind of weird how you can't have that fourth quarter great performance and and need it so much as he does without getting off to those slow starts. So, like you said, he's kind of like the Eric Andre meme, right? Like where he shoots oh, Hannibal yeah, Burst and right, he's like, right. whose fault was this? Like, well, you're kind of the reason we're in mm-hmm. the hole in the fourth quarter. But to his credit, he digs himself out of the hole more times than not. Ever since the bye week last year, Jacob, do you know what his record is as a starter? Aren't they? Well, I don't know what his record is as a starter, but aren't they overall like 11 and 4? Well, that's his, that he started in all those games, too. He so. didn't finish every game, right? He is 11 and 4. Insane. Ever since the bye week last year. So you got to, by default, start to attach that he's a winner to him, right? I mean, and 11 and 4 is 11 and 4. If we do it for Jimmy Garoppolo. We gotta start thinking about doing it for Kenny. Now Jimmy G wins playoff games too. Maybe that's next for Kenny. But you know, I, I know people tried to put that to him early in his career. Oh, well, he's just a winner. But now you're starting to see the evidence stack up that even though he looks ugly from time to time, actually the majority of the time he looks ugly, you can't dispute eleven and four going back to last week's bye. That's definitely one of the best records in football. Yeah, I mean, do you think Kenny's ceiling is Jimmy G? Like, you get a really good team around him, and he I does kind of just enough. I still hope for it's better. better. I mean, yeah. you saw Kirk last night, and that's kind of the guy that a lot of people popularly attached Kenny to for a comp, like a realistic comp, not the Dan Marino comps that people would mm-hmm. But, you know, Kirk Cousins is his ceiling. Did you watch Monday Night Football last night? Do you think what Kirk Cousins did, the 375 yard, like, does that, you ever think Kenny's going to be able to do that? I, I he's done it, what, find tw- it, once or twice in his career? I just find it hard to believe that he's going to be able to play at that kind of level against a team like that, too, against the San Francisco 49ers who were injured on offense, but the defense was healthy. And Kirk still had a great game without his number one wide receiver out there. So... Could he still become Kirk? Yes, of course. Kirk's not, you know, the end-all, be-all of quarterback. But he goes out there and lights games up and gets wins on the back of himself a lot for the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if Kenny can get to that point yet. But as far as your Jimmy G thought, I'm still holding out hope that Kenny can get to that Kirk Cousins level. I don't think it's time to temper that expectation. Here's my Drop him down to another comp. Would you rather Jimmy G... Or Kirk Cousins, because Probably you might Kirk. you might say they're different, like they're kind of the same. But I look at it as Jimmy G can lead his team to the Super Bowl. He's done that. Kirk Cousins kind of folds in 
in the spotlight. What if he had Kyle Shanahan, though? And yeah, I guess so. Yeah, he's not doing great in, in Vegas right now. Jimmy G, right, and he's hurt. He's which hurt. He always gets injured. But he seemed I mean, pretty healthy. Um, I'll say this. Mina Combs pointed out on Twitter last night. Uh, I, I don't remember what GIF she used, but I'm gonna sub in my own. GIF. Have you ever seen the uh, Dub Bears skit with Chris Farley? Yeah, on SNL. SNL yeah, he's of like licking his lips like uh-huh. really close when the Polish sausage comes out. Right. That's kind of what she was implying Kyle Shanahan was doing when he saw all the play action that Kirk Cousins was using and that <laughs> Kirk Cousins is like 90% completion mm-hmm. percentage on play action this season. I mean, he's like the play action master, and that's what Shanahan's offense is. So I just thought that was funny to have her be like, point out like he's probably salivating over there. Like Cousins is a top 10 quarterback in the league right now. Because there's only like six or seven really good quarterbacks in right. the league right now, and he's probably right on the outside of that. And he's got great talent around him. Too. I mean, he does have great without talent. without, without Jefferson Justin Jefferson, though, Jordan Addison looks like another wide receiver one. I mean, the Vikings, you know, franchises just have positions, right? Right, where they Steelers excel. Linebackers. Um, you look at the Vikings. It's always receivers. Randy Moss, Moss Chris, Chris Carter, Carter, Adam Thielen, yes, Stephon Diggs, Steph Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. yeah, right. now maybe Jordan Addison. I mean. It's just a weird kind of like where franchises just kind of like grab on to players and they're like, we, mm-hmm. we always have this position pretty locked down. And the Vikings, for whatever reason, are just so good. Whether, you know, and it's it's regime to regime to regime. Like, it's not the same front office and coaching staff that picked Chris Carter and Randy Moss now, you know, trading Stefan Diggs, trading Adam Thielen, but replace, replacing them with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. Mm-hmm. But there's just organizational consistency there. But... My main point with this was, with Kirk Cousins bringing him into it, was maybe Kenny can get to that point eventually, but it just it doesn't seem likely at this point. Mm-mm. But I hate saying that after a game where he was 17 for 25, 230, um, and had a 97.1 passer rating. Didn't throw for a touchdown. He ran for one on the quarterback sneak, but uh, that was a, a really good game from Kenny Pickett. One of his best of his career. And the second half, I mean... You can't get much better than 11 for 12. No, you really can't, especially when it matters. You know how, like you said, the Clayton Kershaw comparison. He wasn't just doing that at the start of the game and then kind of went cold at the end. He was doing it when it mattered most. And even though, like you said, it didn't lead to passing touchdowns, he was still able to pass the ball efficiently uh, despite not having a tight end and then not even acknowledging that he had a tight end on the field in Darnell Washington. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Yeah, so... Kudos to Kenny. Good game from him. Mm-hmm. But we got to see him build from it now. We got to see him 
extend that type of play into other quarters of football. And the receiving core, Pickens and Deontay in particular, really great day from both of those guys. Pickens goes over 100 yards again, um, very sneakily, 15th in the league in receiving yardage, Mm. and only 75 or so yards separate him at number 15 and Keenan Allen at number 6. In the oh, league. wow. So he's he's right. there. He could be in mm-hmm. the top 10 very soon. He could push for the top 5. Tyreek Hill is like 40 yards shy of 1,000, and it's, what, week 8, which is just banana lands right now. Like he's going to have 1,000 yards before halfway through the season. Uh, keep an eye on him as far as the record is concerned for receiving yards in a season. He, could he break, almost had the record last year, could too. break that. Uh, he's on pace to do that. Uh, but Pickens climbing his way up the board, um, 500 yards receiving through six games for him is pretty, pretty good. I mean, Deontay, though, opens up the field for everybody <sighs> else. And every play he was involved in, he's the felt uh, like a breath of fresh air. Pickens is good yards after the catch, but Deontay's the best on the team with the ball in his hands. You saw and that how on about the third it? down conversion. Well, how about the play that got ruled back because of George Pickens? Blindside block. Yeah, what'd you where think? was it the right call? Probably right. Yeah, it is the right call. I watch it, and here we go. I said this last week's episode because I, I talked about the blindside block in the Jets Eagles game, which I thought that the Eagles player was literally looking right, at the Jets right. player. Like, I'm gonna sound like a boomer again. I saw that play. I was in the studio with our boss Brian, and I was like, "It's probably a penalty, but like that is." Football, football. Like, for sure. Oh, don't s- get me wrong. That is the sport. I'm that's, just going off of no, that's like what Gene Serator says. You got to follow the rule book, and that is the rule. That's the rule. But, but I, like, I agree with you. It's That's the sport. Right. You signed up for, for that kind of contact. And the point that I always bring up is the league is not servicing the players. I mean, sure they are with player safety initiatives. They're servicing Joe Schmo on the couch at home who gets made feel who feels a little uncomfortable by seeing someone get hit like that and go, oh, that, look at him laying on the ground. That, oh, no, he didn't need to get hit like that. That makes me, that makes me queasy. Almost to a man, every single player would be like, yeah, that's fine. We're picking this football. I guess even the guy who got lit up would be like, yeah, man, I got to keep my head on a swivel there. Like, that was my fault. I shouldn't have done anything wrong. I I was wrong there. I got to. What I did was I kind of, and you saw this more, that was kind of the start of it for Pickens, but you kind of saw his edge really come out because there was the taunting call. Did you see also the play? This was a different play where he, like, was running down the field trying to block, and he like jumped yes, over his yes, own player. It yes. might have been Hayward, and like got taken out, and like that dude. For as much as he projects to be top ten thousand yard receiver, you know I'm making all the spectacular catches on Sports Center. Loves to block. He loves. He loves the to contact. Throw the body around. Right. Yes. But he also loves to get in people's faces. He gets a little hot headed. Yeah, what do you think about the two penalties like that at the end of the game? I mean, well, I, the I, I Deontay how- one I think is totally unfair because a lot of people point out he's friends with Akella Witherspoon. That was friendly banter. The refs are the refs probably have no idea the history between the two of them, which is why you got to be careful, right? For sure. I mean, you can't do it right in front of the refs. That's another thing. But I thought that the George Pickens, it's just what he does. And when I saw that first penalty happen, I I said, okay, shake it off, not not the not the uh, blindside block, but his a- after the pa- after the play 
person or like taunting penalty, yeah. or whatever. And Tomlin said, you know, that's learning. They got to grow up. Yeah, but that's Pickens two- maybe Deontay's. This is like a year. Again, I'm you not. I'm not Deontay, ready yeah. to really blame Deontay on that one because I think that was a little friendly banter. That was just how many times per day do you see in sports someone give the shushing, you know, finger. That's every day in every sport you see that. That's not worthy of a penalty to me. But the Pickens one, you got to know better. You got to Yeah, that's that's a cool, second that's away. a second foul of the day. And then what I thought was funnier, I I shouldn't really be laughing at it, but the very next play when Pickens caught the ball and they essentially redeemed themselves for having that penalty. He caught the ball and just kept his hands up the entire time, like to the refs. Like, I'm not touching anybody. I'm not doing it. Look at my hands. I'm not, I'm not shushing anyone. I'm not getting anyone's face. Look at me, rep. He's like waving to the refs. He's like, look, my hands are up. Can't you can't penalize me if my hands are up. I thought that was kind of funny. I just, but I was nervous because I was like, dude, calm down. Like, I can you can see on TV how worked up you're getting, and you can't let it cost you the game. One thing that has me worried about the wide receiving core, though. It's really thin. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pickens and Deontay—it's just were that's like it. That's only it. guys. Uh, their next. Allen Robinson was... had the catch on third down. He did that led to the Kenny Pickett sneak, and he. This is only catch though. Right. Right. Well, what doesn't help either is that you have Darnell Washington out there, and he gets zero targets. They don't want to use him in the passing game. Pat Fryermuth wasn't being utilized enough in the passing game, but he's on IR now, so who knows how long Pat Fryermuth is going to remain out for. This season, mm-hmm. uh, reaggravating that injury during practice last week. But Pickens and Deontay each had five catches, 107 yards for Pickens, 79 for Deontay. And, then and, the and next... Deontay could have had more if that that pass yes. from Pickens wasn't called, or the, the block by Pickens wasn't called. That would have been another 15 yards. Really quick, though, before we get to the rest of it, just that play by Deontay, right? That was like the second or third time he caught the ball that day. And he did his signature, I'm going to run backwards in order to run forwards. And it actually worked. It just was called back because of the Pickens block. But how how much of a whirlwind was that for you watching? Because A, you're excited to see Deontay get the ball. And then B, you're scared as hell because he's doing the running backwards thing. But then he eventually makes it work and you're saying, well, that's what we've been missing. Maybe he makes that work more often than not now. I think he does. I, I mean, it's. I'm not it's, saying he has, but I'm saying now, moving forward, like he knows what to do part, with it. I, I mm-hmm. know that that can look stupid when it blows up on you, but when you're a player like that who makes the most of the ball in your hands, yards after catch, that can help. And he's I so mean, fast, so and he's fast. so agile on his feet. The route that he ran on the third down, uh, uh, it was a great pass by Kenny. Right, he zipped it right exactly in there. where it needed to be, but and nice, like the the the. the the trajectory of the ball was perfect. But it was a really nice zig route from mm-hmm. Deontay. Starts out, stops hard, cuts right back into the middle of the field. Pickett puts it right there. Uh, coverage wasn't bad. I mean, no, he was no, he was covered. He was NFL open, uh-huh. but NFL open is pretty tight windows for these quarterbacks mm-hmm. to hit. And not only this is what had been missing for a while too. Not only did Kenny hit him to where he could catch the ball, hit him in stride, in stride, allowed yep. him to make the most of that play. Mm-hmm. Because he has able to get yards after the catch, so I'm excited for that Kenny Deontay connection. In the I mean, way moments, where did he go to a lot? Right, Deontay Johnson. To what pick I up first what rounds. I think is great now, and I know I'll acknowledge that how thin that wide receiver room does look, but what seems to be working right now is Deontay wherever you can find him open, and that's 
not limiting him at all because he can be open kind of anywhere on the field. But also, and, and, and the people calling the game made this point too, the, the relationship or the, the trust that Kenny has in the back shoulder fade passes to George Pickens, it's almost as of a sure thing in the NFL as anything right now. You just throw that out sideline route. Pickens does the 180 turn to the sideline. Back shoulder fade, yeah. Back shoulder fade. It's it's all it works almost every time. And I'll say this too. It was good coverage by Akella Witherspoon, but I like the deep shot early on to George Pickens down the right sideline. I'd also I li- I'd like it better if Kenny Pickett had given Pickens more of a chance. Obviously, Akella kind of pushed Pickens to the sideline and the ball became uncatchable. I would have liked to see Kenny try to keep that ball in bounds because I trust George Pickens in a one-on-one go-up-and-get-it kind of situation. I'd also like to take a, just a brief second to really shine or give some praise to Chris Boswell. Um, mm. Been perfect yeah, for the season. And you saw what happens when you don't have a kicker that's good on the other sideline with Brett Mayer missing two field goals and, and an extra, extra point. point. Seven points. I mean, how bad how would that the, have been? How much did the Steelers win by again? Seven points. Like, How bad would it have been if... He doesn't miss any of those. It's a tie game. That's a different game. Completely. And the Steelers, that call on the QB sneak goes the opposite he's direction. Not using his timeouts because it's a tie game. So he can challenge that play. That's the The Rams get the ball back in with good field position. Less than two um, about the forty yard line. They only need to go like thirty yards. Well, if you trust your kicker. But in this hypothetical, he's made everything. So we do trust our kicker. Right. Right, 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 right. But I just think Boswell. Such an underrated, unsung mm-hmm. hero. And then just kind of makes you think back to last year when he was missing kicks. That's what I was going to say. Clearly something was wrong. Because he, at full health, he's able to be perfect. He's had a couple of years where he's had like, uh, why is he missing these kicks? Mm-hmm. Always comes back with an all-pro caliber performance. Uh, and with Tucker missing a kick already this year, he might be your front runner for first-team all-pro we'll when see. it comes to the kicking game. It's certainly right. not Brett Maher. No, it is not. <laughs> all right, Teddy KGB is going to get mad if we don't give up yeah, our money makers. I'm going to start, and I'm just going to do the obvious one. TJ Watt. Mm. Teddy, tell him what he does. Pay that man his money. I, I like it. It's 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 the it's the most he obvious might just answer. need to get a permanent place at the uh-huh. front of the, the check-collecting window from now on because team MVP, offensive MVP, and defensive MVP all in one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think. His, his ability to set the offense up in favorable positions has been overwhelming so far this year, and he's also taken the ball in himself once. So uh, just an incredible player. Incredible. A guy who we think has reached his peak already. Just seems and to just continues to peak. That right, peak. right. I'm with you. Uh, for me, I'm going to go offensive. I'm going to give it to the guy that has been out for majority of the season, and it was great to see him back. i got to pay Deontay Johnson. Pay that man his money. We said all week long, we don't know what we got until he's gone, and then we saw how important he was when he came back. And the help that he provides to this offense, right? Because we said that it's kind of thin when you think it's only Deontay and Pickens. It showed you just how thin it was when it was just Pickens and Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin. So to get a guy back, not just add to the receiver room, but you get a guy like Deontay Johnson who shows you his value. And oh my gosh, Tom, was it, I forget at what point he he was approached, was it that third down play at the start of the fourth quarter when he was running toward the end zone? I was begging for him to get in. 
Still no touchdown for him. No, but uh, he's going to he, get one. But he's got to keep his head held high because he had a phenomenal yeah. game. Uh, phenomenal first game. This wasn't just, okay, he's back and he had like five targets, three catches for like 45 yards. Right? This was a really good return game for him. This was a, you're coming back and we're not we're not slowly working you into the lineup. You are all the way in kind of game for him. Seven weeks of NFL football are in the books. Crazy. We're fast approaching the halfway mm-hmm. point of the season. We will take a look around the action from week seven when we come back on the Steelers Standard. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.